Welcome, everyone, to episode four of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Um, we are here to begin a new episode and a new sermon series. We finished up last week. It was a four-week Challenge of Change series that was investigating the uh, the culture of our worship experience here at the Hospital Church. So we would invite you to go back, not only listen to the podcast, you can find that at hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. And if you were not uh, there, present online or in person to actually catch the message that we're speaking about and talking about, you can find those at hospitalchurch.org. And if you click on the resources tab, everything there is in the media section. You can go ahead and either listen, watch, or both. Or even read it. That's true. You, you can, can read it. I didn't even you see? There you go. You can even read it. So this week we started a new series called God and Rebels. And our rebel of the week was Jeff. No, Jonah. Jonah. I yeah. knew it started with a J, but I. <laughs> but I'll that take part. that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, both weeks are about Jonah, but yeah. this this was the first part of Jonah. Right. Right. Yeah. So where did we where did we land with Jonah? What was the what was the uh, the overall theme of Jonah as a rebel? It may be seem seemingly obvious to well, some. Well, I think I think that really at the heart of the whole story is the fact that if God will loves a rebel like Jonah, then God can love us, um, and vice versa. I mean, it's it, it, we're, we're all Jonahs and some and some kind of rebel in our own lives. Yeah, I think we can find a few people that would. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when you said, because you started off this, this sermon with um, the bearer of good or bad news, and, um, and he became a rebel because he didn't want to do something that... Um, which is kind of interesting because it actually turned out to be good news, but he all he thought it was bad news. But then you kind of you kind of turn it around. You start to you start to think, well, maybe he really wanted it to be bad news, but then he <laughs> knew that God was going to turn it into good news. Yeah. So it's really unusual story regarding what is what he's really rebelling from. Right. Well, haven't you seen Veggie Tales? Yeah, I have the I Jonah have, movie. Actually. I mean, he really was. I mean, he was totally thinking it was bad news, even though it was good news. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just I think it, I never had realized the the. The so polar opposites of Nineveh and Tarshish. That was oh, for yeah. me. That was sort of revel. You know, six hundred miles, <laughs> completely over, the end of their world. Yeah, and then twenty two hundred miles to Tarshish in the other direction right. at the west coast of Spain. Spain I mean, it's yeah. just it was the edge of the edge of the universe at that time. Yeah. So, uh, but even in today, how how would you how would you make that fit today? Where I mean, there's we you know we know at least where the Earth is, and not many of us are going to have the money to get on a Elon Musk uh, rocket to get any further away. So I mean, when you were when you made that point, I hadn't thought of it either. In, in at least in that perspective, and I'm right. thinking today, how hard is it for us, or how easy sometimes in our mind is it for us to think we can still hide from God, even though you know we don't. We're not trying to put physical distance, well, one spiritual the, distance. In one of the translations I read, the, the sailors when they find out, you know, that Jonah is the worshiper of the God who made heaven and earth and the seas, yeah. like, and, and you're on our boat. You know, I mean, <laughs> Thanks for running away from God. What's up with that? You know, or you even think you can run away from God? Yeah. Yeah, you know, while you were, while I was listening to the sermon, while I was in church, actually, a thought came to my mind. I'm thinking, you know, um, we we put so much emphasis on different people in the Bible, different characters of the Bible, prophets, and you know, uh, dare to be a Daniel, and um, or to be faithful, uh, like like Abraham, or 
to be obedient like Joseph. And, you know, we, we have all these different people. Be a rebel like Jonah. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody's naming their kid Jonah. Well, others, I shouldn't say, there are, there are a few people that are naming their kids Jonah. But I got to thinking, you know, uh, God, we, we tend to try to make sure that all of those different characteristics of the of people that we read about in the Bible, are, we're fulfilling all of them. Yeah. In actuality, uh, it's pretty hard to be a person that has all those attributes. It's much easier to be a Jonah. <laughs> it's much easier to be a Jonah. And, yeah. and and I got to thinking about that. I'm thinking, God doesn't expect us, I don't think, God expects us to be all of those people all rolled into one. Right. You it's, know what I'm saying? It's interesting because all the, in, in the book of Ephesians, when it talks about the church and uh, a lot, and talks about you can you'll you'll be this way and you'll be that way. We always think of that as a personal you to us, and they're all collective views. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. the, it's the whole church able to accomplish this, not you individually. You individually, yeah. right? I thought I thought one of the more uh, important things that we talked about last week too was the whole differentiation of prophet. Uh, right. That a normative prophet, a formative prophet, and an informative prophet, gifts of prophecy. You even called yourself a prophet. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> an informative only. Let's get that really clear. But the normative prophets being the ones that wrote scripture, right. uh, and that, that sort of sets the norms by which we judge everything else. And part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we believe that the Bible is our only rule of faith and practice. Uh, it's, it's the thing by which we judge everything else. And that's sometimes confusing because of Ellen White in our church. People think that you know she's up there with the scriptures, and she clearly said she was a lesser light to lead to a greater light. So she's we put her in the nor, in the formative prophet category, and then anybody who gets an insight from scripture, the Holy Spirit reveals something, and you share it with someone else. You're fulfilling an informative role of prophecy. You're speaking on God's behalf. And and that was, I mean, I think we all kind of know that, you know, just by maybe almost by default as a Christian. But I think it's easy to forget that sometimes, you know, what you say, and again, we know it, but when it, the, the, the impact that it can have when it's something that, like you said, God reveals to you, and then you share it, when you've shared part of yourself, it's twice as good as if someone had just read it out of the Bible and it was, okay, that was impressed upon. I think when you add that personal touch and that that feeling that you get when you want to share it, it adds, it adds power to well, it. When you get an aha yeah. moment... It's an aha moment. Right, right. And so it does make it special. It yeah. does sort of give people a bit of a, a scare, though, to think that they could be used <laughs> by God as a prophet, that, that that's a pretty holy assignment, you know, for most people's thinking. Right. When in actuality, God can... Well, like we saw, God used some pretty interesting people in the yeah, Bible. Yeah, a donkey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it was even easy as, again, when I was uh, listening to the sermon... It was kind of easy to forget that Jonah was a prophet because yeah. you get the story and it's kind of like, you know, the typical six o'clock news, you know, what leads is always, you know, the bad, you know, the, the, the abduction, the, you know, all these stories that nobody really wants to listen to, but it catches your attention and it drives ratings because that's why they do it. And then there might be one feel good story at the end of the broadcast mm-hmm. and that's what they leave you with. And in, I kind of drew that same conclusion that it's so easy to forget that, you know, we just... We, like Jonah and the whale. That's what we, that's right. what we always hear about. It. it was the consequence. It was the, you know, for not following God. And yet there was good that he did too. And that so often gets swept under the rug. And I think it's why we don't, we're not as vocal as we should be because we feel like, I think sometimes we feel like, hey, we're just going to get that same slap down when we open our <laughs> mouth when people aren't receptive to it. Well, I really think it's important. And it's, I, said it, I said it in the service, and that is we, we always talk about being Jonah and the whale story. Right, right. yeah. And it's really... It's, it's the God story. 
It's, right. these, are, these are all, the whole scripture is God's story and his relationship with humanity. And so to be able to think about, okay, if this is God's story, what does Jonah's story tell us about God? I think that's really the, that's where we wanted to go. And that's, and that's sort of where we ended up landing the thing is that God treats rebels, all of us, just like he treats Jonah. He goes after them and seeks, seeks to save, seeks to, sort of hunts down, prepares a giant fish. Yeah, and I, I think you you see kind of a an irony in the whole thing is that here's Jonah not wanting to do what God uh, wants him to, and yet all along the way that he's not wanting to do what God wants him to, he's actually doing, or God's working through yeah. uh, what what Jonah is trying to run away from. Sure, he, I mean the the sailors sailors on yeah, the ship they, they begin to pray the true God as a result. Yeah. And, but why is it always so much easier to look back on even us? You look on your story and you're like, you know, we've all had our Jonah moments, right? Where we've totally been like, I totally know I'm supposed to do that. Or that would be, even at minimum, that would be the better way to go. I know this is not what God would want me to do. Even though he hasn't like come down and said, you know, Randy, I don't think yeah. you ought to do that. We know better, right? And then when you go to it and you see, you look back and you see what God actually you know, this crazy course you took like a snake trail sure. when you were only two inches from where you needed to be, but it took you three <laughs> miles on the snake trail to get there. And it's like, well, man, he didn't give up on us. That should give hope to all of us to re- for the Jonah story to kind of remind us of that. That's right. And oftentimes I'll have, we'll have people come into the office and they'll want us to meet with a pastor because they're wanting to know, how do, I, how do I determine what God's will is for my life? You know, what do I need to be doing? What's the right, what's the right decision to make at this time? And uh, it's sort of funny. I, I I say it, and people think, oh, "Really?" Uh, but I really believe that. <laughs> oh, right now you got my attention. The way you do it is you stay on your knees until you can honestly tell God, "I'll do whatever you want me to do." Right. And once you're that surrendered, then you can get up and do what you think is best. Right. And trust that God, if He wants you to do something, will can He can guide a moving ship better than get one to leave port sometimes. Right. And so just to keep to go ahead and do do what you want to do and under the authority that you're you're trying to be submissive to God's will. But that's tough to take the first step. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said leaving the it's tough to get that ship to leave the to leave the port. <laughs> well, and that's sometimes the hardest part, yeah. you know, is to and that's why I think you need to be on your knees uh, until that step because most people don't have that kind of courage or that kind of even drive to get up and say, I'm going to make this first step. Or say it cavalierly. Oh, yeah. sure, I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. And, yeah. and a cavalier versus, okay, really? I mean, I actually will. And and the reality is, is God, God, sometimes in our minds, we think that God wants to make us miserable somehow. Yeah. That if we if we follow his will, he's going to rain on our parade, so to speak, and he's make it, things go bad. And God's for us, not against us. I right. mean, the Jonah story, if it doesn't tell us anything else, it says that God cares about rebels and God wants good things to happen for us. I mean that's it's yeah, I think the the rebel side is this side <laughs> of us that actually does get up and make that move because even though I mean you can go back to revelation and you know I would rather have you be hot or cold. Right. Because here's here's Jonah literally moving as far away from that assignment as he possibly could. I mean, Nineveh was sort of like completely the other side of the world, and Tarshish was the other <laughs> side of the world. And, and, and I, Go ahead. And, sorry, well, and, and what happened was, I think, is God looks at, and he looks at Jonah like he looks at, it is written a bit of a satire, it, it, the fact that, that here's Jonah moving, moving quite fast, actually, 
And I think God could work better with that than he could as if Jonah would have just sat in his house and him hawed around wondering whether or not he should do this or not. And, and I think that's the part that I think God says, okay, you're going to move. We'll work with that. <laughs> that's right. I remember one of our members coming to me years ago and saying, I was sitting in church and you said something about God wants to be hot or cold. And I just decided I'm going to be cold. <laughs> and, and, it, and it was from, but it was from that moment. It was from that moment that God actually now could work with him, right. And began to heat him back up. And uh, well, and it proves that sometimes even the wrong decision is the best decision, at least in, if there's no decision, right? right. Any decision is better than nothing, because right. like you said, God can then start the process of, hey. You're going the wrong way, but we can we can move, we can, we can steer. Yeah, the, the paralysis of analysis. <laughs> you know, you're just trying to figure out and, and think you can get all the answers before you move. But but, that, but that's almost ingrained in us, though, isn't it? I mean, you're supposed to be in your Bible. You're supposed to be studying. You're supposed to be having that one-on-one time. You're supposed to be, you know, like you said, on your knees. You're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to know things. But if so, we, if we're if we're, uh, if we're hunting for certainty, though, uh, certainty is the opposite of faith. I like faith. certainty, it's, Andy. But it's the opposite of faith. But I like certainty. <laughs> it's not doubt that's the opposite of faith. It's certainty. <sighs> you know, if, if once you once you know something is and you see it, you don't have to have faith anymore. But uh, the whole walk of faith sure. has to have a little bit of blindness to it for it to be faith. Wow, I kind of just brought up something when you said I I love certainty, and it was actually the downfall for Jonah. Yeah, because his certainty was the reason why he didn't want to do it because he was certain God was going to right. get soft. Yeah. yeah. And it was going to ruin his reputation. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and sometimes I think we do the same thing because, you know, I think even today everyone's, you know, walking on eggshells. We don't want to say the wrong thing. We do. We want to stay somewhere in that political correctness <laughs> stratosphere, right. but still have our own opinion and still share what God has given us and our personality and who we are, but that's treacherous waters too. You get yourself in trouble in a hurry. And it, I think you start, you know, you start building those things up and pretty soon you've got a wall around yourself that without even planning on it, you're just like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to take anybody off. I want to, you know, I want, I want to do good things. I want to speak, you know, well about God and, and show how much I love him, but that offends some people. So I, even sometimes just being yourself, how do I get out of this rut that I'm in? <laughs> and it'll be interesting this week when we talk about Jonah's actual message and Nineveh's response, how those how that comes to play. You know how how they're st- they're stuck in one way and still still does Jonah's message still get fulfilled, but differently than he may maybe intended. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that we'd like to draw the whole thing out and know from beginning to end and that we just know that that's never going to happen. And yet that still goes back to, oh, it seems to be our default. I just want to know that I'm doing what I should be doing, but sometimes you just have to do in order to to do. Yeah, but John is really clear to us that the, the book tells us that whether we're doing the thing we should be doing or even doing the thing we shouldn't, shouldn't be doing, be. Yeah. the God of Jonah cares about us and comes after us to seek and save. And that's really, it's a very humanizing book. It really puts us back where we sort of ground zero. Well, and, and God, I mean, essentially God chased him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's, you know, I mean, God's everywhere. But I mean, essentially he followed him along that journey and went after him and said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let you do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. And eventually, you know, Jonah came around. Okay. Yeah, and he did come around. It, it, it took, well... We don't really know if he came around, actually. But, <laughs> but stay we, tuned to this next yeah, week. Stay, <laughs> stay tuned. But there is an interesting side to this, and that is the fact that 
he was telling Jonah, are you willing to follow me even though um, I'm going to help and save your enemies? And that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, kind of a, just to wrap it up, you know, the rebels, which we are, and, you know, we're the same as everybody else. And, you know, we have no more power to enhance or guarantee our salvation or to stay the course of what God has us to do than anybody else. So at the end of the day, it's still, we still have to rely on God and how we work through all those issues, you know, we'll probably is going to decide how we end up. So right. we've already given you kind of a sneak peek. Again, we're going to be looking at Jonah again this upcoming week. Right. So um, if you are local, please stop in at 930 or noon and join us for services. You can hear Andy uh, bring this second part in, in person. If you're online, it's hospitalchurch.org. You can catch the live stream there as well. Of course, it's archived. I actually watched it last night before today. So uh, it came out well. And uh, again, hospitalchurch.org slash podcast, and you can find us there at the Spreaker channel. Go back and look at the other other three podcasts that we've done previous to this and catch up with those. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to add to the conversation, it is podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And we will, that's it for this week. We'll see you all next week for episode five.